welcome back to Franklin Covey's On Leadership Series. My name is Scott Miller, and I serve as your weekly host and interviewer. And today, we're joined by our first co-host, Wentworth Miller. Can you say hi, Wentworth? Hi. And so, in honor of today being National Bring Your Kid to Work Day, Oh, wait a minute, that's not true. I think now every day is Bring Your Kid to Work Day. Uh, I invited Wentworth to break quarantine. So for the first time in five weeks, Wentworth has left the house with his uh, other two brothers, Smith and Thatcher. He came here today to Franklin Covey's set to interview a phenomenal entrepreneur and founder. I'm very excited in a moment to introduce our, uh, our guest today, but we're here alone. Our production crew is obviously virtual. Our key producer, Todd Music, is about 15 yards away, so we're safe. We came with gloves and with masks, and I'm glad you're here today, Whitworth. Tell me about what you have in your hands. Is this a school project? This one was. This is a school project? So tell me, these are two robots. What is the name of that robot? Um, Tiny Diamond. Tiny Diamond. And what is the name of that robot? Squally Wampus. Squally Wampus. Which one is your favorite? I, you know, can I tell you what my favorite part of them are? I the like eyebrows. The eyebrows. These fun, bushy eyebrows and these brown eyebrows. Those are really creative. This, is a, this was a school project. Is that right? No, this one was. This one was. And you just did this one for home? Is that for fun? Yeah. Really awesome. Oh, I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for being on. Because I wanted to make this one again. Want to make that one again? This is the dad and this is the um, baby. This is the dad and this is the baby. Yeah, because this awesome. is small this is big. One. That's awesome. I wonder. So let's, let's invite our guest to join us. So... Our guest today is Janice Bryant Howard. She is a phenomenal founder, entrepreneur, speaker, author, coach, mom, daughter, family member, really inspirational oh, business this. leader. Janice is recognized as the first founder, African-American female, of a billion-dollar company. She serves as the founder and CEO of Act One Group. Janice, welcome to Franklin Covey's On Leadership Series. Oh, it's so great to be here with you, virtually or not. Hi, Wentworth, how are you today? Good, how are you? Can you look over here and say hi to Janice Fantastic, <laughs> I like those creatures in your hand. Did you say the smaller one is Tiny Diamond? Cause he's tiny and he has diamonds all over him. Well, you know, that's my next question, how he got that incredible name. And did he come from your own creation? No, I made him. You I just you, made you, him. Yeah, she says you invented him, right? Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing I him with us. I made both of them. This was my school project. This was just for fun. Oh, Whitworth, they are both very, very nice. And thank you for sharing them with us. You're welcome. That's nice. Okay, Janice and I are going to have a conversation. Can you say bye to our guests? Bye. Bye-bye. See you soon. Janice, thank you for being so gracious. First time, the kid needed some time out of the house, right? Six weeks almost quarantined. Thank you for being so sweet. So I'm delighted. Oh, my goodness. What an incredible kid. Are you, listen, you're the one kidding me. That's an incredible kid. Well, I appreciate that. My wife, Stephanie, and I have three sons, Wentworth, who's five, Smith, who's eight, and Thatcher, who's named after one of my heroes, Margaret Thatcher, who's almost 10. So thank you again for being so sweet. Janice, oh, I... Oh, now you really make me excited about this conversation because I love that you're non-gender specific in allowing him to carry such an incredible historical name. We're hitting it off great. Well, I appreciate that, Janice. Thanks. Franklin Covey is delighted to host you today. We're well into our 100th episode of On Leadership for our podcast. Before I talk about your book and some key insights you share, 
as the founder and um, CEO of um, your organization. I'd love it if you would reorient our audience. For those who may not be familiar with you and your firm, talk a bit about your journey, and then we will open with some of the insights in your book, Acting Up. Thank you, Scott. You know, so often people ask me, did I envision founding a billion dollar company as a kid? And I told them I didn't know what a billion dollars was, nor did I know what workforce solutions were. I did see people go to work and saw a lot of challenges with how they worked that I believe we've been solvers to in my organization. On the whole, Act One Group is an organization that assists at heart the worker. So we always focus on the worker as being the center of our universe. We deliver our services through some pretty iconic brands that you may be aware of. Apple One is our staffing company. Apple One operates in the Northern American hemisphere. Then we have Agile One, which for many years was our trailblazer organization across 32 countries. We deliver talent, technology, and process through Agile One. And we work with some of the top brands you know, as well as many mid-sized companies. And then ACheck is our background screening and uh, background check solutions organization. We have some of the most incredible people in our organization who are, no matter where they are placed in the universe, are all focused on building communities, one community at a time. And I truly think, Scott, that that's how we've been able to achieve our uh, growth and our success, even now through COVID. Janice, you're joining us today from California, but you're actually from the South, from North Carolina. And you were born in a time of segregation and, and, and um, uh, as a young African-American uh, young lady, you were taught a lot of lessons from your parents and such. I, I would love it if you take us a little bit earlier in life and kind of talk about your early upbringing and the impact you had, I think as maybe one of 11 children with parents that were very invested in raising you all in a frugal environment, uh, uh, reorient us to a little bit of the earlier years prior to you founding this phenomenally successful global company. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about people who I truly love. You know, I am, yes, one of 11 children. Uh, I often say 11 kids, one mom, one dad. Yeah. That's the way we did it back yeah. then. And it worked very well for us. Scott, I grew up in a very small community. It was a segregated community. Panola Street divided white from black uh, Tarboro, North Carolina at that time. Um, you may have read in my book that I was born colored. I became Negro. Then James Brown said, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. We became black with this race toward liberation of a lot of the shackles of, of slavery. And then I became African-American when I went to univer university. And so I asked my dad one time jokingly, dad, I've been called so many things over my life. And he said, well, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. I was very familiar with that phrase before I later read more by his author in university. Janice, in your book, you talk a lot about your identity as a, a young African-American, we, we, we've agreed to uh, refer to you as African-American. Thank you for the clarification on that. It's helpful for everyone of different races to know. You talk about the um, frugality that you were raised with in your family. Would you share the, the example of uh, the paper towel story? It's a short story, but I think it's a great example of <laughs> the values of your family. 
Well, you know, the paper towel story, actually, let me get in front of that and tell you, when I grew up in my hometown in Tarboro, North Carolina, we used to take old bed sheets and cut those up. And we learned to uh, decoratively hem the edges of it to create the dinner uh, napkins that we used at table. So I grew up with cloth table napkins. Yeah. However, much later, as a young woman in California, my sister and I laughed together because my sister would buy really great quality paper towels. And rather than throw them out after each use, she'd rinse them and leave them to dry and say they've got more than one life of use in them. Let's remember that. And it was so funny, Scott. It's interesting you selected that because at the time she was doing that, she and her husband were quite successful people living very well off in Southern California, but she still kept those principles of frugality that our parents had taught us, and she still rinsed and dried paper towels back then. I think I'll never forget that example because, you know, we're guilty in my family. We love paper towels. It's kind of our big guilt. We don't have a lot of other problems. We live a pretty clean life, yeah. but we like to use paper towels. And I will probably be a little bit more judicious with how quickly I use them <laughs> after reading the story. The, the, your most recent book is called Acting Up, Winning in Business and Life Using Down-Home Wisdom. The book is chocked full of wisdom. You kind of open the book with a modern-day example of you and your sister flinging yourselves across the globe first class, which is unusual for you, going to an awards ceremony in Monaco. Would you kind of recreate that story and the detail because there's some valuable lessons to learn as you returned from the flight and realized your self-worth, your self-confidence, and when times perhaps when you even were questioning it after a wildly successful career. Well, Scott, you know, thank you, because you've introduced actually two sisters of mine. Sandy is the paper towel, okay, story. Now, the sister you're talking about now is Trish. Trish is my baby sister, and by trade, she is an engineer. Trish had come out to work with me in my company, and so she became my partner when I was introduced to, uh, to the opportunity to go to Monaco. I learned from an organization that I've been named one of the most 50 powerful women executives in the world who have started their own businesses, and I was blown away by that, and my immediate default was, oh, they couldn't find anybody else Black. They needed somebody Black. My sister and I talked about that, and they provided us with first class airfare from Los Angeles to Monaco. Well, one of the things that happened for me was this a uh, 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 thought process around, oh my goodness, what if they find out that I'm not really the one who should be making this trip? All kinds of thoughts about my worth and my worthiness to be invited started to crop up for me. My sister sat back and said, well, you know what? Don't you worry about it at all because we're already on this flight. We're going to have a great time no matter what. And if they pay to get us there, they're going to pay to get us back. Boy, Scott, it's one of the most memorable trips I've ever had. Not alone because it was Monaco and it was such a beautiful time of year. Importantly, because I met so many incredible businesswomen. And as you suggested just a few moments ago, I did learn to reset my 
felt on how I measured my worth. They did indeed invite me because they found that I'd done some great things in work, that I'd done great things in the community, and that I was on the path to continue to grow. And so that meant a lot to me. It gave me a lot of fulfillment as an individual. It also gave me a lot of inspiration and a lot of foundation for continuing to grow my business. Thanks for appreciating that story. Well, your, your book is chocked full of great stories that are very real. Some of them are raw, they're relatable, they are uh, they're very personal. I mean, someone reads your book, I mean, I feel like I know you. We met for the first time, you know, 13 minutes ago, but I feel like <laughs> I know you because you wrote a very, um, very vulnerable book and, and shared a lot of insights. In fact, the book is organized in, in almost like blogs. I mean, you, you share thoughts and then you change a thought and share something else and it's organized around these call-out boxes you know, wisdom from your family, wisdom from your husband. I think you call them the art of Bernie. And occasionally there is what you call a Janusism. One of my favorites is, is, is dedicated to your husband, uh, the, the art of Bernie, you call it. Embrace what others won't. And I think you hear this a lot, but it's this concept of what sometimes separates those who are successful from those who aren't in life. And some great, uh, great, very... Um, Easy to understand, but not always easy to implement advice around what differentiates those who are successful from those who, who don't or aren't. You Can know, you Scott. We create that. Scott, so often, I, 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 I'm so glad you appreciate that because so often I have learned that the solutions to some of the biggest problems are simple, but simple doesn't always mean easy. And so I think a lot of people start journeys, whether it be in business or life in general, and they see clearly the path forward. The failure occurs because you are taught to think very, very often that simple is easy. Make it easy, make it simple. Those are not the same thing ever. In fact, to that point, Janice, the advice that you quote your husband is what separates those who are successful from those who aren't in essence, is their ability to do what others aren't willing to do. Expand on that for a bit. Well, you know, um, I thought often about how I was growing my business and some of the challenges that I came upon. And one of my greatest fans is, oh my goodness, I don't want to be emotional on this. Um, one of my greatest fans in life is my husband. Even today, with him in this, what I am told uh, is the sixth phase of a seventh phase disease called Alzheimer's, um, he continues to give me advice and encouragement. And I know I'm still his, his most important person. He's just such a champion. And during the growth of my business, when we were actually expanding internationally, I expressed some of my concerns and quite honestly, some of my fears about growing across the globe. And he was the one who encouraged me that if I break things down into those small bites and really are very thoughtful before I jump into it, that then I would be able to succeed through it. And that um, he loved best about me, that knowing where I grew from, that I had approached life with an enthusiasm and I never let fear overwhelm me. Now I'm grown up from a very uh, religious background. Many of the people in my hometown on Sunday morning were congregated in three churches because it's a small hometown. And so a lot of what I learned early on was foundationally placed in front of me as biblical knowledge. Mom taught me something very important though. She said, um, fear has two meanings. 
you fear can be respect or fear can be denial of your own ability. And she said, I always want you to choose fear as respect. Learn all of the things that would be a challenge to you and respect your ability to move forward in them. So I carried that with me. And when I met Bernie and his embrace of who I was and his appreciation for my journey thus far meant so much to me. And his words of encouragement that were often wisdom and very prescriptive, not simply inspiring, continued to, throughout the uh, growth of my business, help me to understand the original intent of embrace it, don't fear it. You know, I grow up in a place where we say uh, faith without works is dead. Yeah. I think Bernie just took it to the next level. I don't know if you relate to any of what I'm saying, but that's certainly what was fundamentally a foundation for how I was able to grow as an individual as well as a business person. Well, I was raised very similar in the South. I live in Utah now with my wife and three boys, but I'm from the South as well. And I was raised in a very similar family to yours. In fact, in your book, your, your love and respect for your husband is unabashed. In fact, you talk a lot about your husband's um, influence on you and how you came to like the book, The Art of War by Sun Tzu mm -hmm. and how, how instrumental this book was to the success of your firm, Act One Group. For those final few people on earth that have not been intimately understanding of The Art of War, talk a bit about your passion for what you've learned in this book um, from Sun Tzu. Well, you see, it, the book is so rich with lessons that I really want to encourage people to read it. The big moment for me occurs when I'm able to read what generals in war do and how the best generals win those wars. Now more than ever is a time when we can incorporate that into our lives. Understanding how people predictably can think as well as how you allow for those occurrences that you haven't expected. Great generals do this. And we can be warriors for good. We can be warriors for ill. Right now, we are across the globe at war with something called COVID-19. The art of war gives you some very practical mm -hmm. applications about how you can fight this war, whether you're fighting it along your personal health, whether you're fighting it along your business, or whether you're fighting it in terms of your community and importantly, your family. Following the principles in there, understanding how people think, being able to make pragmatic decisions and then allowing your own personal thought process to uh, incorporate that into yeah. your strategies and into your implementations. All of that is so important for us as people. You know, one of the things that I've been doing right now, Scott, is I've been having some really serious and I think oftentimes lovely conversations uh, between my head and my heart. And the art of war has cropped up in those conversations as I'm contemplating the growth of our business going forward. Business is about people. You know, it's not just a bottom line conversation. There's a lot that happens before you get to that bottom line. How do we then be generals in our businesses or generals in our lives and still allow the heart and the head to create that balance? So I would encourage anyone who reads Art of War, remember it's a practical guide toward success and you have the responsibility, not just the right to be able to approach it from a very heartfelt place as well. It's a gift you gave me because it's been decades since I picked the book up, but thank you for referencing it in, in your current book, Acting Up. 
Janice, by every measure, you have had a wildly successful professional career, including a personal uh, uh, journey as well. I mean, being recognized as the first ever African-American female founder and owner of a billion-dollar company, you're an icon to entrepreneurs. You're an icon. No, uh, no, no. I'm a next-gen, Scott. I love saying I'm the most magnificently mature millennial you'll ever meet, but now I have to go with the younger crew. I'm a next-gen. I'm a Gen Z. But go ahead with your thought. I'll appreciate the compliment. You know what? You're rich and you're stunning, so you can call yourself whatever you want to. And you were <laughs> nice to my son, so you can take over whenever you want. <laughs> where, where I was going with that is, you, you have some quotes that I'll never forget in your book. And, and I'm gonna, I might misquote this one, but the genesis of it was that you're often asked by f females, you know, what advice do you have for women that are growing their careers? And your response always is, well, my advice is the same whether you're a male or a female, right? There's principles that govern human behavior, which I think is, 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 is a gift to both men and women. But speak for a moment to women and perhaps women who perhaps are, are minorities or such, you struggled a lot. You faced a lot of adversity. I can only imagine the adversity you faced as both an African-American and a female in the segregated South. And now you run a billion-dollar organization. Speak to those who might uh, be facing adversity in their life. What are some principles that you've learned that have helped your success that others can pick up? You know, one of the most recent things that I've learned, and I struggled with this a lot of years, not even identifying it as such for a minute, uh, for a, mo a long moment, uh, was that I had to forgive myself for being black, female, and smart at the same time. As an African-American or as a black on any continent, oftentimes women, I'm speaking to the female gender as you asked me to, are not brought to the table in a conversation in the same way, even if we make it to the table, if we earn it to the table on our own. And for a lot of years in my own business, Scott, I would gift a lot of my thoughts and my intelligence, not because I was being a great leader to other people in the organization, primarily white men in my company, but because I felt it wouldn't be as well received coming from me. Very often, I do believe that I was exact on that. That would have been the truth. However, after a certain point in my career, I determined that if I'm going to grow with truth, then I'm going to have to, in this moment, forgive myself for being Black, female, and smart at the same time. Wow, have some of my other female friends, Black or not Black, share it with me that that was really important to them to hear me say that as well, because being female and smart at the same time had created challenges for them as well. So while I'm not a person who lends a good appetite for arrogance, I am a person who now fundamentally enjoys and embraces the honor of being smart. Mom said it to me much simpler. She said, you know, Janice, You've got to honor God. And when you honor God, you honor God's creation. And you are one of those as well. Mm -hmm. So stop putting your own smarts down. Go ahead. Go out there. Use them and use them for the benefit of others. And you can be okay with it. But then my mom is tiny. She's perky. She's one of the smartest people I've ever met. And um, she has that sense of joy about her that I think allows people to learn from her in a different way. Janice, why do you use the word forgive 
Why is that? You're a very intentional person from coming to know you in your book. You, you use that very deliberately. Expand on that. Yes. Mm -hmm. The reason I say forgive is, and thank you for making that point, is because when you break that word apart, forgive, in a very personal way for me, that means I'm going to give it forward. I'm going to allow what is smart, what is African-American for all the cultural value of it, and what is feminine about it. I'm going to allow that to be a forward giving aspect of who I am mm -hmm. versus having it put me in the shadow or put me in the back of the bus, thank as you, you will. Thank so you. thank you. Thank you for really leaning in on that, Scott, because it means a lot to me personally. You, you clearly are smart. And in your book, you don't talk about you being smart, but you do talk about how disciplined you are and how much you value the, the work ethic, the work talent that comes with being disciplined. What advice would you give all of the leaders and listeners and viewers today on how discipline is a evergreen leadership competency and as relevant regardless what, what generation you're in? Yeah, you know, because I really enjoy discipline now. We just had Wentworth be a part of our conversation at the very early point today. And Wentworth has his own sense of discipline. I saw it happening for him. So let me use it through the, through the behavior of a child. Number one, Whitworth sat very attentively. He was engaged in the conversation. He wasn't simply behaving. Whitworth shared in the conversation and he had the discipline before the sharing to actually create those, uh, what was it, Tiny Diamond and who Tiny was the Tiny Diamond other and one? I think Wally, Wally, Squally Wampus. <laughs> Squally Wampus. So, he exampled in a very quick moment what discipline is about as I refer to it. It took discipline to create those creatures. It took discipline to bring himself in a safe way to the moment, to the conversation. And it took discipline for him to be able to share in that conversation. And he created success from that. He had a terrific day. He got out of the house. He honored the social distancing. Yep. He met a new friend because yep. I'm Wentworth's new fan. <laughs> and he also shared something that had meaning to it. That's what discipline does at the very basic level. Scott, so often people think in terms of discipline as being you giving up something or you being a bit more strict than you would ordinarily. I found such freedom, such uh, forgiving, as we used it just now, and also such success and such reward in discipline. When you look at many of the people who you admire for their own successes, discipline has been a really big part of that. And especially if you look at athletes, let's watch how they come back to the game once we're no longer socially distancing and see how many of them, you'll know it immediately when you watch the game, how many have the Kobe discipline to go in that gym, to go in that room, to go in that yard, to keep their skill up, to keep their game up, even when they're not playing the game. That's what discipline is about for me. You keep your skills up. You keep your game on. My son loves to say two things in business, and he teaches from them. Real love. Real love is saying it at the table, not in the home hallway, as Brian, one of our executives, interpreted real love to be. And the other thing he teaches, and he's very, very disciplined himself, every day is game day. 
ever since he's been hunkered down, he still starts his day at 6.30. I mean, his office day, not getting up and getting right. ready for it. Right. And so I love that it's a generational thing because I think it's really important. You know, when I met my uh, future mother-in-law at the time, uh, uh, for the first time, I shared with her that Bernie and I would intend to have children if we married. And although my mom and dad had raised what I thought were 11 great uh, human beings, I did want to know her perspective on uh, raising children. Wentworth stopped me in this child mindset right now because he's such an incredibly beautiful child. Thank you for sharing it with me. Uh, my mother-in-law said, your children more attention pay to what you do than what you say. Now, we could lend that advice to anyone, to the world more attention pays to what you do than what you say. It meant a lot to me, and it was a guiding post for me in raising my own children as well as in raising my own business. So discipline really matters to me, and I think it's a very freeing thing. I think it allows us to plan forward with a lot better accuracy, and I think other people enjoy us more when they know that we follow the rules of the game so that we can all play the game better. Janice, do you tend to be an early riser or are you more uh, a late night kind of executive? That's an interesting question, particularly at this time in our global history, yeah. because, you know, one of the things I've been doing is engaging a lot more time with Dr. Kim. Dr. John Kim, I met who uh, delivered acupuncture to me. I had had a terrible accident and my face was a wreck. And I was told that I might uh, need surgery and it would, there was a 50-50 chance that I'd come out of that surgery better or worse. That was a horrible, horrible risk to me. And after several weeks of pitying myself, because it really hurt me to smile. Now, I'm a person who loves to smile, Scott. And my daughter introduced me to Dr. John Kim. She said, he can help you take the pain out of smiling. I looked really awful when I smiled. It looked more like a snarl because my face had gotten so wrecked. Hmm. And I laid on his bed. And after the series of a few needles, I got up within 30 minutes and I could smile and it didn't hurt anymore. And we began the journey forward of working me into a place where I'll live with this face I got left and I won't do the surgery. So while the face isn't what I had before the surgery, well, I'm a few years into it as well, Scott, let's be honest. But um, I decided I could live here like this for the rest of my life and not do the surgery. Dr. Kim became important to me because he gave me my smile back. He allowed me to smile without hurting again. He also taught me principles of health that incorporated the importance of sleep. The one failure I gave Dr. Kim was that after over, I think we decided we've known each other for 14 years now, um, that I would not, uh, I did not sleep much. More than four hours of sleep would make me absolutely tired to wake up. I couldn't do it. Wow. He impressed upon me that sleep is, as, how much I sleep is as important as how well I eat. And so I think he would be really proud to know that now I am sleeping five hours instead of four since I've been hunkered down, but I wake up to the sun. Right now I'm in a room, it's my bedroom. And you can see that I don't have drapes up anywhere. Well, for the part that you can see, there are no drapes. I, my house is completely free of drapes. I'm grateful and I'm blessed that I can live in an environment where I have windows from floor to ceiling and no drapes up. So I can wake up with the daylight. 
Historically, I wake up a little earlier than daylight because I enjoy the private moment of prayer and meditation that I can have for myself when I'm at home. But before COVID, I was on the road three weeks out of the month. So, you know, the ability to yes. be here and wake up with sunlight is different. Yeah. Janice, I think everyone is always interested in the habits of highly successful people. It's really kind of how our entire organization was founded. One of the final concepts before our time ends I want to mention in your book is this idea about how much you hate to-do lists and you like to get it done. <laughs> There's a very yeah. famous book by Brian Tracy called Eat That Frog. And oh, it's, yes, you know, sold. yes, yes. Uh, I can tell you yeah. like that because you, you live the concepts of you know, doing hard things first. Send our listeners and viewers off with how that tip has been so instrumental and you being a founder and CEO of this billion dollar um, personnel firm, uh, take that to heart, list versus just doing it. Well, you know, through doing it for me, the biggest thing that happened is I learned a truth that I've shared with people in many environments and it's always been well received. And that is, it taught me, I have everything I need to be everything I need to be. I encourage your listeners, First, ask themselves if they believe that. If the answer is yes, ask them why, themselves why. If the answer is no, ask themselves why. And then repeat it aloud. I have everything I need to be everything I need to be and break it down into its most elemental substance and enjoy the freedom to tackle the hard things first. And actually, you're gonna find that the things that felt hard a year ago, don't feel so hard right now. Well, you're my favorite guest. You're definitely Aww. the nicest, the most fun, the wealthiest, you're most successful. And uh, I don't know what you looked like prior to your accident, but you're easing on the eyes. So thank you for joining us there, for being so gracious to my son. Oh, I mean, now the full you're becoming package. my favorite host. You're I... becoming my favorite host. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Don't tell God the other 100 you. guests. It's okay, not... it's our secret. Don't tell the other 100 guests. Not... Let me just tell you one thing. I do want to leave you with this thought. No matter who you call God, call God every day and then go quiet and listen. Janice, your book is Acting Up, Winning in Business and Life Using Down-Home Wisdom. Your company is the um, Act Up Group. Encourage all of our clients to check it out and see if they can help your organization. We wish your husband um, peace and, and good health. Janice, thank you for your time today. Stay safe. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for indulging me, letting my son come to work with me today. Maybe we'll do it again because I think we're going to be um, quarantined for some time more. hope this was helpful. Today's conversation with Janice, I mean, a remarkable book. Uh, really, down-home wisdom is really what the book is about, the lessons she learned from her family and business and her husband. I highly um, advise you to buy the book as well. If you're not subscribing to On Leadership, visit franklincovey.com. Click on the On Leadership tab and uh, consume it however you like to. Podcast, video, newsletter, every Tuesday. We're honored that you are joined us, and we'll see you back here next week with a new guest. Thanks so much.